The following episode of An Evening at the Movies is brought to you by the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network. Masturbators, The Sip List, An Evening at the Movies, Crushgasm, and Love is Black all bring you this following episode. Thank you very much and have a nice day. Good morning, good day, and good evening. This is an evening at the movies. I am your excited host, Casey, and this is the podcast where we eat stale popcorn, drink watered-down soda, and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them. And joining us today on an evening at the movies, we have a couple of returning guests because... Well, let's just be honest. My co-host double booked herself today and is getting her hair done and couldn't be here with us. So up yours, Amanda. We're going to go and do this anyway and make an amazing episode without you. Are so, we going to get into some shenanigans? We're always going to get into some shenanigans <laughs> as long as she doesn't end up pistol whipping us and going to Facebook jail again. <laughs> yes. Hashtag free Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Always, always, always hashtag free Amanda. So, all right. So, tech, well, technically, I need to amend what I just said because technically, when this all airs and drops for the listeners to listen to, technically, this episode is our first guest's first appearance on an evening at the movies, but it is her second recording because everything's yes. out of order this month. So, First off, joining us on this episode, we have Miss Vanessa Rain with us. Yay. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Vanessa, how are you today? I am lovely. I have my glass of wine because even though it is early afternoon for me, it's an evening at the movies. So, evening. Always. <laughs> so, really quick before I introduce our other guest, um, can you let the listeners know a little bit about what you do and where they can find you? Yes. All right. Well, like you said, my name is Vanessa Rain. I am an adult content creator on Unfiltered and OnlyFans. And I also have my own podcast that's pretty new called 30 Flirty and Not Thriving. You can find all of that on 
Instagram, Twitter, basically all of the social medias under X Vanessa Rain, Rain being spelled R-A-Y-N-E, and 3030 Podcast. Yeah. Not gonna lie. I have listened to the 30 flirty and you and Ashley both are amazingly funny on that show. I was going to say we're ridiculous. Yeah. We, you guys uh, don't hold back. we have a running theme on the show. It's never fails to mention that we are cum dumpsters. So <laughs> I was literally right in the middle of freaking drinking when you said that. Okay. <laughs> we are also joined today on this episode by somebody who has been here a couple of times before. Was just here on last week's episode on the Boomerang episode. Mm-hmm. He is one of the OG. Well, he is the master behind the mass debaters podcast he is yes. one of the og founding members of the i did not make <sighs> rankings podcast network website should be up soon go check it out absolutely yes kendra one of our amazing partners in crime literally in just a matter of like an hour this morning threw together an awesome website for us so Definitely check that out, and we will be providing the information for the listeners to go and check that out and stay involved with all the shows involved in the network as well. So with that said, um, our last guest on this episode is King Dre himself, or probably better known today as Heel Dre, but we welcome Dre DeAndre Robinson back to the show. Tell, thank you, thank you. tell us about yourself and your podcast and where we can find them all. Um, hello, my name is Deandre Robson. I am one of the hosts of Master Bitters and Master Bitters the Three Count and Master Bitters presents Fancy Draft and all that kind of good stuff we do. Um, I like to not eat stale popcorn, which is regular popcorn and regular soda because we're down sprites just like death. So... <laughs> So that's that's my thing. I am one of the founding members of I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast. And also, I actually do support Vanessa and her her podcast. I haven't seen her neck yet, which I will see. I will soon. However, uh, I, I I I did start listening to I'm, I'm not the one you talked about, but the one uh, it's a little funny. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So I, I started listening to that as well. So so I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to say why I love um, Axel Foley, and I'm, I'm ready, ready to start. Yay. Yay. Axel Foley and all the wonderment that is everything Eddie Month on an evening at the movies. So with that said, for those of you who don't know, we are here to discuss the 1984 Eddie Murphy classic, Beverly Hills Cop, the original, the OG the better of the three Eddie Murphy movies in this franchise. Some people say. Most people will say. Some people one, say. Some people will say. One person will not, and that person's mm-hmm. name is Heel Dre. Mm-hmm. But we still love Heel Dre for his controversial opinions and <laughs> all that they entail. 
We'll, we'll get to that later. I promise. <laughs> so really quick before we get into our discussion on the movie. Um, I just wanted to bring up that Beverly Hills Cop was released on December 1st, 1984. It was directed by Martin Brest and was released by Paramount Pictures, had a box, had a budget of $13 million and had a total box office in 1984 of $316 million dollars which for those of you who are not in your 40s 316 million dollars in 1984 is a lot of money well uh, i'm 34 and uh, 360 million dollars right now is a lot of money and listen if, <laughs> oh yeah if, 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 if somebody has that money and don't want it and don't think it's a lot of money i'll be happy to take it from you they're, they're, you can drop it off in oregon okay i'll be happy to well, okay. <laughs> I I have a tip jar on my Good Pods mm-hmm. page, and if anybody wants to drop three hundred sixteen million dollars in my tip jar, greatly appreciated. I right. gladly pour that all that well, not all that money, but some of that money into an evening at the movies, and as well, the I did not make these rankings podcast network as well. Mm-hmm. So, with that said. Um, so obviously, um, one of the topics that we talked about, um, with Eddie Murphy, especially Eddie Murphy early in his career on the boomerang episode was, um, the fact that Eddie was really good early in his career at discovering and helping to build young talent or undiscovered talent. Um, Beverly Hills Cop yeah and you saw it a little bit more in like Boomerang with Chris Rock Martin Lawrence and everybody else that moved on to bigger and better careers after Boomerang which by the way the new Martin Lawrence movie looks very clearly oh my god I want to see it I really do. It looks unsettling as a motherfucker. I'm not going to lie. Not something I ever would have thought I ever would have saw Martin Lawrence in ever in my life, but it is what it is. So, but now that we went off of the off track onto that, but um, so I was going to give everybody a chance to speak to the fact that, um, I don't know. I've totally just freaking slipped my mind as to where I was going with that, but (laughs) wow. It's Friday. I go to work today and I don't have shit to do. So we're just going to freaking go and see where the road takes us and have fun. So um, maybe now would be a good time to introduce Heel Dre to the show and let Dre have a moment to tell us all which Beverly Hills Cop movie he feels is the best movie of the franchise and why he is wrong 
You want to start that right now? You want to start this yeah, right now? I am. I can't wait to hear this. We may as well this go. This is what I've been waiting for. <sighs> See where okay. There's other stuff that I can go off of with that that actually will help create you know, <laughs> episode. So, but all right. Go okay. ahead, Neil Dre. Listen, listen, listen. listen. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop One is a fantastic movie. It's one of the one of the one of the movies that uh, made Eddie who he is. Yep. And actually, people people don't realize this though, but the role for Axel Foley wasn't supposed to go to Eddie Murphy. Nope. It was supposed to go to um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. However, though he he turned it down for. He turned it down for I forgot what movie he did, which was, was horrible, by the way. But he turned that down, and they gave it to Eddie Murphy. So thank you, Arnold, because I don't know how that movie would would have gone if he would if he would have did that movie. So, Beverly Hills Cop One is one of the best Eddie Murphy movies in the eighties. Period. Other than obviously your number one favorite Eddie Murphy movie of the nineteen eighties, which well, is. Other than coming to America and Harlem Nights, which is one in three. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. But uh, but it's, it's still one someone top top five easily uh in most people's eyes. I'm on record saying that <laughs> 1990 Beverly Hills Cop 3 is the best Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills- <laughs> The, the, the thing about it, the, the, the thing about it is though, first things first, is if somebody said you're wrong, Beverly Hills Cop one is the best Beverly Hills Cop, I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. 100% cool with that. If someone said Beverly Hills Cop two was better than Beverly Hills Cop three, you out of your goddamn mind. Uh, <laughs> the fucking, hey, explain. I, I, I don't remember the second one. The so. second one, the second one was the, 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 the alphabet robbers. Oh, that, okay. That, that nobody, <laughs> that no, that nobody could solve. Yeah. And then, and and then at the end, spoiler alert. At the end, at the end, they got the bad guy behind the press conference, like legitly. But it was he was behind the press conference. It was, it was the the premise and script was dumb as shit from Super Hosk Cop Two. I will go on record saying, but Beverly Hills Cop Three is, is a nostalgia pick for me because I think it was the first Beverly Hills Cop I ever saw. So that, I want so I do want to go to record saying it, it may be a nostalgia pick for me because the first one I ever saw. I now, think you're I, right, honestly. For me as well, I yeah. think the third one was the first one I saw. Yeah. I mean, I was born in 88. It came out in 90 or 91, something like that. Um, and it's one of the first one I ever saw. Uh, and the nostalgia and God of Truth, when you can bring down Disneyland, and it's not Disneyland, it's Wonder World, but technically it was. Let's be honest. It was, it was, it was their version of it. <laughs> yeah. Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland. When you bring down Disneyland, which I hate, hard T, hate Disney. All right, all right. What? When you can bring you can bring down Disneyland. That 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 is great for me. Uh, the graphics was better. The story to me was better. The script was better. The acting was better. But mind you, though, all that all that comes with with, with evolution of a film. Mm. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop One was in early mid mid eighties. This was in early nineties. The evolution of the film. So the action was better. I thought I thought it was funnier a little bit. Savage was funny. 
the big ass gun with the with with with, 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 a, with a microwave in it. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, all right, all right. So yeah. So overall, again, I'm not I'm not gonna get mad. Somebody tell me Beverly Hills Cop One is better than Beverly Hills Cop Three, and I love Beverly Hills Cop. Like it, it, it's really close to me. It's really as it's close. But if you tell me Beverly Hills Cop Two is better better than Beverly Hills Cop Three, you out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> I kind of wish I I fully remembered number two just so I could say that it was my favorite to see the look <laughs> on your face. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it was definitely a white collar crime type thing where um, Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop Three was more street crime related mm-hmm. yeah the spoiler alert they, they killed his boss they, they killed they, they killed the captain in third one mm-hmm. and got it true that in any action 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 movies like series the boss gotta die in the third one i mean it has to die this i think with the weapon he died no actually he, he got he got kidnapped and got hurt in the third one uh, bad bad boys. He, the bad boys. Captain died in the third one. Like 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 I feel like like in the third one, Captain's gotta die. Fun fact about Inspector Todd from the Beverly Hills Cop franchise: the guy who they cast to play Inspector Todd was not an actor. And when they were doing research for the Detroit Police Department, Gil, I believe his name is Gil Hill actually was a I don't recall exactly what his ranking was but he was a detective in the Detroit Police Department at the time really yeah and um, Jerry Bruckheimer one of the producers on the movie approached him about his ideas of where they wanted to go with the movie and he had some great ideas and Bruckheimer had a light bulb moment over the head where he's like, dude, we have this part that we haven't cast yet. You would be a perfect fit for it. Would you be interested in doing it? And personally, in my opinion, I will not poo-poo on Eddie's performance or Judge Reinhold's performance or John Ashton or Ronnie Cox or any of the lead actors in the movie. But the guy that played Inspector Todd stole the whole freaking franchise for me the first time he shows up at the beginning of beverly hills cop in the locker room after eddie has the failed heist bust whatever you want to call with the cigarette truck Mm -hmm. and rips him a new asshole for god what seemed like 20 freaking minutes he just literally is going off on him about where the fuck and how the fuck you Literally every other word that comes out of his mouth is "fuck." Fuck. Mm-hmm. Right. He he he's he's one that started the. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a stereotype, but in movies, where just the angry black captain, angry black captain, uh, 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 the black captain, you gotta scream a lot and you gotta yell a lot. I mean, Ice Cube did that. I mean, made fun of it in Twenty Two and Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he he's one that started the whole the whole stereotype. Well. And I think that's probably one of my negative aspects that I have for Beverly Hills Cop 3 was like 
the relationship between Inspector Todd and Axel in the first two movies was very much a angry sort of love hate. Mm -hmm. uh, Axel's always screwing up and trying to do whatever he wants to do, how he wants to do it. And it's not conventional and it's not politically correct. That makes for the comedy of the movie. But I kind of relate with Axel, honestly. <laughs> and you get to that point in, in those first two movies, you get, you know, the angry disciplinarian that Inspector Todd is, even to the point where, you know, he's in the second movie, he's signing off on Eddie to get, as he called it, flash money so that he can mm. go out to Beverly Hills and help investigate the alphabet crimes. But then you get to Beverly Hills Cop 3 and a lot of that tension between the two kind of sort of disappears and they're more buddy-buddy. I, I kind of disagree with that, though. And mind you, I, I know Beverly Hills Cop 3 more than most people should know. Uh, however, though, uh, at the beginning of Beverly Hills Cop 3, uh, he's getting ready to, you know, Axel was getting ready to um, go inside the uh, the chop shop and and do his thing and and then Inspector Todd came and oversee the whole thing. He didn't trust. He didn't trust. He didn't trust Axel. He didn't trust Axel at all. And then Inspector Todd, Inspector Todd got shot. With his last words was, "What are you on lunch break? Go get the motherfucker." <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, it was. I don't, I don't think it was. It was love hate. I mean, it was respect. Listen, my last week, you better go go get the person that, that killed me. Yeah. Good point. I think, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to further all that, though, I mean, a lot of the mystique on Beverly Hills Cop 1 literally came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, I was even talking to Harvey this morning about it. And he brought up a valid point, too, where um, when they started filming this movie, they had the finalized script in front of them, and that was going to be what they were going to work off of. And then most of what you see that actually made it into the final cut of the movie was not word for word written out in that script. Most of what you see is all improvised and ad-libbed and all of that because of the chemistry that everybody had together as a cast, which I think worked really well. But um, some of the beauty of Eddie being Eddie though, is you take the, you take the gloves off and just let Eddie go where Eddie wants to go. He's one of those uh -huh. in a lot of ways. Like I think maybe not to the same level as like a Robin Williams is, because if you let Robin Williams go, you're not going to know what you're going to get on camera. Mm -hmm. That's just the yeah. beauty of Robin Williams. But um, that that's the case of in Good Morning Vietnam. They they let him go, say anything he wanted in that yeah. movie, and it was it was I mean it was shocking sometimes, but it was beautiful to say the least. Yeah. Well, and even like I was watching some of the special features on my blu-ray 
this week while I was preparing notes and whatnot. And they had a comment from Ronnie Cox, the guy who played Captain Bogmill, Lieutenant mm-hmm. Bogmill, whatever his rank was in the original movie. And he made reference to the fact that one of his favorite things about these movies was the fact that whether it's Martin Brest in the first movie or Tony Scott in the second movie or whoever directed Beverly Hills Cop 3, if you let if you let the gloves come off on Eddie Murphy, you don't know what he's going to say, where he's going to go, what he's going to do. But one of his favorite parts of that was no matter where Eddie Murphy went with whatever he was doing, he always made sure he brought everything back around to when it was time for Ronnie to deliver his next line that he made sure that wherever he went, he was respectful enough to bring it back to a spot that made sense for whatever Ronnie was going to say with his next line. So to me as an actor that speaks on your level of one professionalism and talent, because it's one thing to just go off in left field and do whatever you want to do. But if you don't bring it back respectfully to a point that the rest of your cast can work off of what you just did, then, you know, what the hell have you left out there for them to deal with? And that can make it kind of difficult to deal with at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, all right. So. Let's just get into it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tip my hat to Vanessa and let her um, speak on the elements of this movie that she absolutely loves. Because personally, in my opinion, there's a whole lot on the table that can be brought up and discussed because this is an amazing movie. Whether it's you guys have You guys have actually brought up a lot of good things already kind of the things that I, I I would talk about regardless I mean other than I still think it's a complete classic if you haven't seen this movie go see it where the hell have you been mm-hmm. well I mean yeah um, it's literally 38 years old this fuck month yeah like <laughs> yesterday it turned 38 years old so holy shit Getting so insane. this movie is older That's than Gray. it's older than me and yeah, well, I mean, definitely older than me by six years. So, <laughs> but I, I that's the thing is, I remember growing up on this, like my parents, yeah, I, a lot of the 80s movies I was brought in. This is this is one of them. This was one of my dad's favorites. So, obviously, had to watch it. Um, opening scene, extremely classic one of the best opening scenes of well the I'm speaking number one for first of all um because <laughs> yeah like I said I don't remember the second one um I, I actually even tried to open it up on YouTube to see like certain parts of the the second one but now it's just fucking shooting everything Beverly Hills cop at me I was just trying to just trying to like open up certain scenes to see if I could find something that I like to, <laughs> to argue with you, Dre. <laughs> yeah, the opening of Beverly Hills Cop 2 definitely does not compare to 
one or three? Yeah. Just not. <laughs> I think that honestly says a lot about the movie, the opening scene. Um, I start love, off on a boring note. I love, love, love with a passion the opening scene for Beverly Hills Cop, the original, because yeah. the montage of the clips of Detroit with the heat is mm-hmm. on playing in the background. That happens in a lot of uh, 80s movies. I mean, especially oh, yeah. with, 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 with him. Yeah. But, but, but even with Eddie, they happen with a lot of with Eddie because, what, what is it? Trading Places is a montage of Philly. Um, uh, this movie is montage of Detroit. Even Fake Places, um, uh, Harlem Nights, Zamunda and Come to America, Harlem Nights was a fake Harlem. Like it has, it has the, the montage of, of the, he, he, he liked to show scenery in his movies. So I said that. Mm-hmm. Which is not necessarily a bad thing at all, but yeah, you don't get, and then you get all that in like the credit montage at the beginning, and then it literally transitions right into the um, scene in the back of the truck where they're discussing, you know, the guy, the two guys buying the trailer full of cigarettes. Because getting yeah, and getting ripped off, because and... evidently a trailer full of cigarettes is worth five thousand dollars. Dang, I wish. In the eighties, well, in the eighties, yeah, it probably was. But that trailer full of cigarettes is probably at least a couple tens of thousands of dollars now. Oh God, well over. <laughs> yeah, five thousand dollars is a fucking steal. I mean, I don't know what that kind of stuff costs north of the border, but I know in our country. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So I'm I'm actually kind of curious. Like, what are what is the price of a pack of cigarettes in the U.S. versus Canada? Uh, I can I, I could that up. about nine dollars a pack here. Okay. So for me, I am like extremely north of the border so i am pretty high up in alberta and we spend about 22 dollars canadian on a pack of cigarettes okay for 20 to 22 dollars um that's what you spend on cigarettes here wow (laughs) so they say the average nine dollars I remember being like 15 years old and have the, the, the most expensive pack, the most expensive cigarettes were $9 a pack. So yeah, now it is about 23, 22, $23 for a pack of cigarettes. And it could be the cheapest kind, honestly. So, it, it's so, kind of hilarious. So a couple of things. One, the average pack of cigarettes in the United States is six six dollars and 43 cents on average the average pack Holy of cigarettes <laughs> the average pack of cigarettes in the in the canada uh according to google no, that's not me but according to google is 1380 no sorry 1571 man i i don't remember the last time that it was that price so this well, i would imagine that's like probably... i said i am i'm in a remote area of alberta so um and because i am very very much north i'm almost in the 
Northwest Territories, um, where everything is much more expensive. Groceries, everything, but cigarettes are, I spent $22 on mine a couple of days ago, so. So God is truth, and I know we get off subject real quick. I did not take the group you were in Canada. I'm not gonna lie, I did not. I didn't, I didn't know that you were living in Canada. Really? I, I, I thought you was. I, I swear to God, I thought you lived in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I should be in Florida. <laughs> I realized that I was never meant to be in Canada. I'm meant mm -hmm. to be in Florida. <laughs> mm -hmm. I swear to God, I thought you was in Florida, but but then I heard you say about. It's like, okay, no, all right, I, I hear it now. <laughs> I, I hear it now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. That, I am, I'm Canadian. That literally just baffles me, though. I mean, literally, I can spend like nine bucks for a freaking pack of camels here. And I can see why. Three times that. I, yeah, whenever Canadians go across the border, they always, almost always bring back cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. uh, almost always. That is like, I've had friends go by and they're like, oh, I got to get some cheap cigarettes. And I, like, I am a, a, a status Indian. So I am like indigenous. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, yeah, I can go to a reservation and get them cheaper, but I am still going to be paying about $18 a pack for a pack of cigarettes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And they just keep going up. There was just a price increase on cigarettes again. Oh, I'm not going <laughs> to. Our governor had his way. It'd be a lot higher than that because literally within like the last two years, he erased the minimum age to smoking being 18 and it's now 21 in the state of Washington. So I did not know that. I'm. Oh. I'm I'm right under Washington, and I know. Well, here's the thing: one, I don't smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm an outcast. I'm an outcast. However, though, I do listen. I knew that though. <laughs> I do smoke weed, so I mean, that that that's that's a good thing. That's that's a good thing, and I can say that because I'm in, I'm in Oregon, <laughs> and my job doesn't care if I smoke weed or not. So, uh, <laughs> so that so that's good too. Um, but I did not know that that Washington changes from twenty eighteen to twenty one though. Yeah. We are, our governor is trying to push a very strong agenda and we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Because we don't like to do politics on an evening at the movies and alienate people for their political beliefs. So everybody is entitled to believe what they want to believe. If you want to yeah. be left of the aisle, you can be on the left of the aisle. If you want to be on the right, you can be on the right. If you want to be in the middle and say fuck them both. Yeah, I'm just neutral. I don't I don't have a like an actual belief. I just okay. <laughs> so, with that said, so political and cigarette rant of the day done and over with. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Dre, what are some of your favorite parts of the OG Beverly Hills Cop? Well, first things first, and I'm going to go into the movie, but deep into the movie. Shout out to Jerry Burkheimer, all right? Because one, movie, the movies he does, the 80s movie he did is fantastic. But yeah. two, his TV shows, his TV shows, if you think of dinner, almost every cop show you saw, and maybe yeah. in, in the 90s until now, it's Jerry Burkheimer's CIS, 
CSI. CSI, cold case without a trace, all the kind of good shit. Um, even fucking Lucifer. Um, he, he oh, okay. actually, uh, I didn't know that, but that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, even Lucifer. No wonder I love it. Uh, Lucifer, and there was a, uh, I looked it up too. There's, uh, uh, yeah, in an amazing race. He, oh, yeah. So, 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 shout out to, shout out to Jerry because yo, he, 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 he put his foot in some shit. Uh, the movie itself is fucking amazing. I know when we, we talked about uh, Beverly Hills Cop three, but Beverly Hills Cop one, we talked about the intro, the intro to it, and the opening scene, which is great. It showed the comedic, the comedic timing of Eddie Murphy, and then gets on to there. The, the, the actually the story actually got into stories. It is it, it, cheesy, but it, it works <laughs> because it's eighty cheesy because it's nostalgia purposes. For yeah. some reason, for some reason, he has to go to uh, so his friend gets shot. He got to he got to go all to the college to, to figure out who that is. No jurisdiction. There, they're not telling anybody else is there, and he still does his, his shit there. Uh, he shoots people, he kills people, uh, and not going to jail. All right, cool. <laughs> but it's funny, the supporting cast is funny. Um, quotable as hell. I like a fall with for a banana and tailpipe. <laughs> All right, that is one of my <laughs> all time favorite lines of that movie. Just because it, they have that moment in the beginning of the movie when it actually happens. And by the way, as we were talking earlier about Eddie discovering people as well, Eddie Murphy in 1984 also is responsible for the very first IMDb credit of the hilariously funny Damon Wayans as well. Mm -hmm. Hey, you take him, take him. <laughs> for those of you who don't know and don't recognize the talent, Damon Wayans is the vendor at the market that sells, sells, but just gives away the bananas for Eddie so that Eddie can take them across the street and stick them in a tailpipe on the cop car. Mm -hmm. So hats off to Eddie for discovering and giving Damon Wayans his, his first credit. Big break. So, yeah. yeah. So I'll let you finish where you were going with that. I wanted to make sure we got that in and didn't forget it though, because. Yeah, so so yeah, so he, he yeah, I was gonna say that he helped people get on. Like supporter cast is great. Uh the, the first time we talked about Surge on, on on the third one, but Serge was on the second on the first one as well. He was his his lady friend's uh assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, which is hilarious from that as well. Um and I think that this is before or for or during um the uh not feminine matters, but the spinoff feminine perfect strangers. The, the, Perfect Strangers before you this is around the time he did Perfect Strangers. So I think it was actually just before Perfect Strangers. Yeah. So so yeah. So shout out to shout out to that and shout out to everything. This movie is fucking fantastic. This is a, a classic, classic, classic Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy. Listen, Eddie Murphy ran the eighties. All right. Oh hell yeah. You, you cannot say that he did not run it. He ran the eighties. There's, there's there's no bad movies. Even the the movies that on. Rotten Tomatoes, and let me be the first to say it that today. Say they're bad movies fuck, in quotations. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Let's say that right now. Uh, but <laughs> I did not make these rankings. Podcast Network does not. <laughs> yes. Rotten Tomatoes. We don't. Fuck well, Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. 
Yeah, but they they rank some of Eddie's some of Eddie's eighty stuff so low. But all like Eddie's everything, even um, are they doing Golden Child soon? Golden Child was, was ranked low on Rotten Tomatoes. It's fucking amazing. Coming to yeah. America, Harlem Nights was ranked low as hell on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pissed me off a little bit. But amazing. Coming to America, all uh another forty eight hours. Um, uh, um, even forty eight hours. The original, uh, uh, yeah, well, we meant both, both for the hours, uh, both, uh, even though I shit it on, uh, I shit it on, um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop two. It's not, it's not the worst thing ever. It's not better than Beverly Hills Cop three, but so that's that's on there. Even his first, his first movie where he was, where he winning get credit for, it, but he was, he was uh, like a, a a helicopter pilot. I forgot what it's called, um. Before that, so yeah, and then you got his thing. You, you have his stand up, you got raw and got delirious. Oh my god, this man ran the 90, in the 80s. Yeah, kudos to him. <laughs> well, and here, one positive note on I want to make sure we don't just completely crap on Beverly Hills Cop 2, but Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> 2 came out this very same year as and it was one of the top three movies of the year with. The Michael Douglas, Glenn Close classic, Fatal Attraction, mm-hmm. as well as the Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson classic, Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby. So those three movies right there, Fatal Attraction come and Beverly Hills Cop 2 and Three Men and a Baby were the top three movies of, I believe it was 1986. Seven or eighty-six. One of the eighty-six or eighty-seven. Um, yeah. I, I'm not gonna say that too much because uh, Beverly Hills Cop has one of my one of my one of my my and my fiance's favorite well heroes, and it, and that's Hugh Hefner. Uh, <laughs> 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 I wasn't expecting uh, that answer. <laughs> Hugh, listen, Hugh's in it. And 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 not for rest Playboy. Rest in peace, Hugh Hefner. Rest in peace, Hugh Hefner. And and, yeah. and 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 not for and not for Playboy because obviously everybody loves Playboy and even Playgirl, which is I think his daughter or his niece would start or something like that. But no, but but Hugh Hefner when he started the Playboy Channel or like a old school version of like when you have people on, he gave black people some of the first uh, times on TV, like pre. Or during Sam and David Jr. and all, all kind of good shit. So, so shout out to shout out to Hugh Hefner. I, I That's love what hilarious. You, <laughs> I love it. I, I love I love what you've done with your with, with your with your company. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. God. I totally yeah, I really wasn't not expecting Hugh Hefner. <laughs> I was expecting some big whole Dre and Emily look up to blah, 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 blah. Okay. No, 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 was not no, no. on that list no, no, of no, no, people no. that I could possibly think. No, no, got it true. So, so me and Emily just had Sasha this year uh, in February. About a month afterwards uh, for Emily's birthday, um, I, we drove all the way to Louisville, Oregon, and her grandma, which not me just be honest she knows it too not doing so well so we went to go and drop we drove down with her mom we drove down from oregon to cali uh to arizona but we stopped in la or in beverly hills and she would not let me go to sleep or go to the hotel unless we drove by the playboy mansion 
However, though, <laughs> however, though, bad, bad, the sad, sad part about it is it, they already started demolishing it, though. So, yeah, it's, it hurt. Rest in peace, Playboy. That's sad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no, R.I.P. Mansion too. I'm not gonna lie though, when I when you started bringing that up, I was more thinking, okay, he's gonna make a shout out to the late Gilbert Gottfried, who had a cameo in Beverly Hills Cop Two as well, which well, was a hilarious scene. I would just leave that. I mean, that scene alone was also incredibly <laughs> improv. Hey, was you said all these tickets, you bitch. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was, it was funny. But Howard, though, I, I like Gilbert Godfrey cameos more and more movies that people haven't seen. Like his cameo in How to Be a Player when he was. I mean, a lot of people don't have to say, but How to Be a Player, he was the he was the door the door manager or whatever it is with those fancy um, apartments. You got to get the door people. He was, he was one of those door people, and he was hilarious. Uh, he didn't know what it would have. He didn't know what a big ass was, so he had this axe with a big ass. <laughs> like if you get a chance, <laughs> if you get a chance, how to be a player is like a, a black a undercover, like underground black classic. If you get a chance to find it, it's freaking amazing. I actually lived by by that code when I was younger. So, <laughs> so how to be a player is amazing. Ah, uh, so. I think for the most part, as far as like the memorable stuff, we've all pretty much covered. Um, I mean, I basically am here to repeat what both of you guys have already said. Um, the, the catchphrases and the one-liners in this movie are amazing from top to bottom. I mean, there's so many quotable lines from this movie that, I go through my personal life, not necessarily on air for the podcast, but I quote this movie probably, this movie is probably one of my top three most quotable movies of all time. And some people will sit there and roll their eyes, oh, he's fucking quoting Beverly Hills Cop again. But I mean, it's still to this day, 38 years later, it's some of it is amazingly hilarious. I mean, Eddie, when Eddie made the Netflix deal that Eddie made pre-COVID that where they're currently in the works of doing Beverly Hills Cop 4 and supposedly Eddie was going to do one or two more stand-up specials. I was excited for that because like, Dre knows Beverly Hills Cop is probably my number one Eddie Murphy movie. We are, we are going to do that for a drive. So, yeah, we are. And I swear to God, if anybody, if any one of you four picks freaking Beverly Hills Cop before me, we're going to have a fucking problem. <laughs> Ooh, fighting. And I can see the smile on Dre's face right now because. I can't listen. I, I personally can't pick Beverly Hills Cop one first because I know that's the top one. <laughs> I run a top five movie, and that means I gotta. I think I can't get coming to America. So I mean, you, you, so you 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 don't you do not have to worry about me. No, saying. but at the same time, I might have to worry about Harvey. Everybody else. I might mm-hmm. have to everybody, worry about Amanda. Everybody else, yeah. <laughs> and let's just be honest here. 
I love the I did not make these rankings podcast network, mm-hmm. but the little quiet little devious devil in the background out of us all is freaking Kendra. It's cut cutthroat. Everybody's cutthroat. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, Dre and I have been through this episode already, the episode already that I'm gonna bring up, but we did a episode or we did a draft before Thanksgiving where we drafted our favorite horror movies of all time. Oh yeah. Oh, oh that that is not the juiciest part of it all though. Can't we randomly draw, Dre randomly draws, who gets to go first, who gets to go second, who gets to go third, who gets to go fourth and fifth, blah, 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 whatever. That draft, Kendra got the lucky draw to go number one. Dre got number two. Amanda got number three. So with that said, without even missing a beat, didn't even have to pause to think about it. The first thing that comes out of Kendra's mouth as soon as Dre goes, Kendra, make your first pick. I'm going with Get Out. Motherfucker. Uh. Anybody who knows Dre knows Dre's favorite horror movie of all time is Get Out. I was going to say, I think I remember watching, I, I don't remember exactly which podcast, but I was watching the live version of it on Facebook. And I remember that Dre's was Get Out. Yeah. Glad which is... I agree. It's, it's a great film. Immedi- I agree. And Dre and I just literally did an episode of an evening at the movies about Get Out, which was, again, Ooh. we did a great number of listens on that show. So thank you for everybody who listened to that episode as well. Um, but then Dre's response to Kendra picking. Because I, I was mad. Oh, he so bad. That his fiance, who was downstairs at the time, not even in the same room, had to get on and comment, What the hell is going on up there? It sounds like you got to kill Dre. <laughs> so Dre calms down to the point, not all the way calms down, but he's like, nope. You know what? No, fuck it. Cut. You guys fuck with me. I'm going to fuck with you all. I'm taking Halloween. Halloween. My next pick. which immediately at that point because amanda's number one favorite movie horror movie of all well i would go so far as say it's probably her number one favorite movie of all time not let alone horror movie but amanda's favorite halloween or horror movie is halloween so amanda gets incredibly pissed off and at this point i'm just praying to god that the shit show doesn't continue to roll downhill and ruin with me because I'm picking fifth, and I know that there, I still got to get through Amanda's pick, and I've got to get through Harvey's pick before. So I know my number one pick doesn't get taken, which it didn't, thank God. And I took Nightmare on Elm Street with my number one pick. But I'm surprised that didn't get taken. Nightmare on Elm Street, I've noticed, is a very polarizing horror movie. If you, really? you, 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 you love it, hit it. You love it, hit it. And oh, I love it. All of it too, but it's, it's so so. I, I don't outside of Casey, <laughs> outside of Casey, I don't know. I know people that, that love Nightmare on Elm Street, but I don't know if they love it to be the number one horror movie of all time. I love Freddy, Freddy cool as hell. And then, God is true, Freddy vs. Jason was the last movie I saw before I went to boarding school. So, <laughs> so, and it was funny too because in in, in, a, in a, like urban black, uh, um movie theaters it was packed 
was peck you and when it was fighting, you heard some old black man saying, Go ahead, Jason, kick his ass. <laughs> 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 so 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 yeah, so it was I think so yeah, the, it was fun. I think the one thing that probably hurts Nightmare on Elm Street when it comes to the fans and what makes it so polarizing is the fact that out of the entire franchise, and I'm counting one through six and then new nightmare and that god awful remake that came out 12 years ago that i will not be doing on this podcast i don't care who fucking requests it i'm not <laughs> sitting, i'm not sitting through that fucking movie again i swear to god i am on record right now but i think probably so we got what seven eight Nightmare on Elm Street movies and out of the whole franchise there really probably only is two or three that people really deem as good movies and those being the original three and then possibly the question mark being number four so Halloween tends to be a little bit more have a little bit more lovable movies in their grand scheme of things than Nightmare That's on Elm Street true. does. Yeah. And I think Nightmare on Elm Street has a little bit more than Friday the 13th. I'll just be honest with that because at least Freddie didn't go to fucking Manhattan on a boat for an hour and a half. We're not <laughs> going down that road. <laughs> so. Yeah. But yeah. So off topic and back to Beverly Hills Cop. But I mean, Beverly Hills Cop is a great movie. The cast and the chemistry amongst them all is amazing. I want to shout out to the fact that um, when, because I know they're in the process of actually, they recently just started filming number four. Mm -hmm. And with obviously a couple of exceptions because they're no longer with us. Um, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, Gil Hill, who plays Inspector Todd, obviously got killed off one in Beverly Hills Cop 3. So he's not going to be a part, but the actor himself is not with us anymore. So rest in peace to him. And thank you for the three movies of Inspector Todd that we got. Um, I believe Ronnie Cox, who played uh, Captain Bogomil, is no longer with us. So he's not a part of it as well. But um, as far as the elements that I've seen or the characters that I've seen that they are bringing back for part four, obviously Axel Foley is coming back. Mm -hmm. You can't have Beverly Hills Cop without Axel Foley. If anybody mm -hmm. tries to do That's Beverly true. Hills Cop without Axel Foley, fuck you. I will not discuss that movie on an evening at the movies as well. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't like when they try to bring back movies and don't bring back the the original characters. Yeah. Or like you know as as best as what they can especially the main character you can't you can't go changing that. There's there's no. No. And that would be my other before I finish my statement though. Probably my other big misstep that Beverly Hills Cop 3 had was the fact that um Eddie and Judge Reinhold and John Ashton, who were obviously Axel, Rosewood, and um, Taggart, mm -hmm. had a great chemistry together as 
a trio. And for scheduling reasons, they could not get John Ashton for Beverly Hills Cop 3, mm-hmm. which was why they had to write into the script that he retired and he's off in, I believe, Arizona chasing his golf balls. And then they ended up having to bring in Hector Elizondo to play that third part of the trio. And I'm not going to say he didn't do a great job or the best he could do with what he had, but the chemistry between Eddie and judge and John was on point. And when you take one piece out of that, it's hard to duplicate that kind of success again. So, but I do, from what I do remember reading though, Eddie is back for cop four, obviously. Um, They're bringing back judge Reinhold for the movie as well. Um, I do believe I did read John Ashton is coming back or as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy with that. Um, Paul Reiser, the guy who played Jeffrey, Mm -hmm. his counterpart in Detroit is been cast to come back for part four mm-hmm. so they're getting together a lot of the elements from the movies that worked well you, you missed some people though buddy so ronnie cox is not i mean i mean i mean not the wish anything but ronnie cox is not not day so he's he's not be, but okay i know i thought no, i had he, read somewhere that he had so no 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 he's not dead. i he, apologize for that yeah, so he, but he, and he'll be back. And then they added Kevin Bacon and Justin Gordon Levitt uh, to the movie as well. Also, Savage will be there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, those are the main, main people that will, will be uh, in the so movie. You, you did say Ronnie Cox is coming back for the movie as well. Mm-hmm. I thank you. I, now that I have been proven wrong, I'm glad that I am wrong because he's one of those elements from the first couple movies when you put all of them together they work really well together like my favorite part of the original movie is the development of their relationship from eddie coming into town alone by himself and then he gets in trouble and gets thrown through the freaking window at victor maitland's office and he gets arrested and then he meets, obviously, um, Rosewood and Taggart, and they have their little altercation, and Taggart punches them in the stomach, and then, bam, you bring in uh, Bogomil, who disciplines Taggart and makes him apologize and asks Eddie if he has to, if he wants to press charges and all of that. And then you move further into the movie, how um, you don't have a lot of trust amongst everybody in the beginning. But slowly, as things start to unravel and unfold, the relation, the trust starts to build up and they start to slowly come together. And it's not just one of those, okay, we're a half an hour into the movie. Let's just go from we don't trust you to now we're best friends and willing to sacrifice our lives for each other. It's a slow burn throughout the entire movie from the beginning, even all the way to the end where finally you have that moment in the in the middle of the movie where um, the three of them get in trouble for going to the strip club and they come back to the police department and Bogomil rips them a new asshole for 
what the hell are you doing in a strip club out of our jurisdiction, blah, 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 blah. And Eddie comes up with this big, whole, elaborate lie about. A really you know, good lie, by the way. It, it, it was a very good lie. And fun fact, um, also in the interviews that I was watching as I was prepping for this, um, I believe it was Judge Reinhold said while they were filming that movie, Eddie Murphy at that point in his life didn't do a lot of drinking, never, ever drank coffee. And they had been doing that scene for the better part of like eight to 10 hours and they just weren't getting it. Eddie was getting tired and he was, you know, running out of steam and he's like, fuck it, just give me a damn cup of coffee and we'll go. And he took the cup of coffee and downed it. And they end up coming back to do one more take. And it's the take that made it into the movie. But he's rapid fire talking. He's coming up with this elaborate story about, you know, this is what happened. I showed up at the club to have a good time. They were sitting outside. They observed a couple guys coming into the club with bulges in their jackets and that was when they came in and they're the ones responsible for apprehending the holdup guys. And I don't know what you teach these fellows at police school, but they're not just cops. They're super cops. The only thing missing is they don't have any capes. And so, yeah, the fact that, yeah, Eddie comes up with some of the, I mean, you get, and I think where I was going was from that point, you know, Bogomil asked Taggart, is that what really happened? And Taggart's like, no. And then he tells him the actual true story as to what happened. But then, you know, spoiler alert, you get all the way to the end of the movie. They've raided uh, Victor Maitland's mansion. There's been this big what to do gun shootout between Eddie and the other two. And then the rest of the cops get involved and they end up killing Victor Maitland. And the chief of police shows up and he's all like pissed off and asks Bogomil for his report on what happened. And he comes up with this elaborate Eddie Murphy style lie. Obviously not even the truth because if any of it was the truth, why wasn't this all brought up, you know, an hour and a half ago when the movie started about how the Beverly Hills cop or the Beverly Hills Police Department and the Detroit Police Department are working together on an elaborate drug sting and all this, that, and the other. It, do, it doesn't make any sense. But then the chief is all like not believing it, but he turns and looks at Taggart and he's like, is that really what happened? And they have that moment where Taggart looks up at him and he goes, it happened exactly like the chief said. So it's like they built all the way up through that relationship to, um, yeah, Taggart, is that what happened? No, this is what happened to the end of the movie. Taggart, is that what happened? Yeah, it happened exactly like Chief just said. So they're bond by the end of the movie, they are incredibly bonded together as as cliche as it's gonna sound, they're basically brothers from another mother now. So I'm I'm happy to see potentially if that connection between the four of them is still there all these years later when the new one comes out. I hope, I hope it is because to me, that connection between those guys is 
where a lot of the true magic of this movie lies. I mean, obviously a great big part of it also is Eddie Murphy and his talent and his comedic genius. I can't deny that, but after that, after Eddie Murphy's brilliance as a comedian comes into play, what really comes into play next after that though, is their relationship as actors and characters together and how they meld together. So um, really quick before we get out of here, um, I don't want to keep anybody throughout the rest of their day, but um, let's, let's go ahead and rank the movie one to five, one being hot garbage and five being truly a comedic masterpiece. And we'll see just how similar our thoughts are on the movie from there. Vanessa, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I wouldn't give it a complete five, but, you know, I really did enjoy the film. I do think it is comedic gold. I wouldn't say a masterpiece, but, you know, it's, it's an OG. It's a classic. Yeah, definitely a four. Four. Sure. Whatever Dre wants to give his rankings. So, Beverly Hills Cup 3 is a 4.4. <laughs> uh, and that means that Beverly Hill Cop 1 is a 4.2. 4. Oh, it's uh, not okay. that similar. No, no, like, like, like I said before, like I said before, if you would tell me that you have an argument saying Beverly Hill Cop 1 is better, it is, and my people they think that. Uh, and I said that Beverly Hill Cop 3 is not that much better, but I think it's just a little tad bit better. So 4.4. 4.2. So Beverly Hills, Cop, Beverly Hills Cop 1 get a 4.2. Beverly Hills Cop 2 gets a 2.9. Which <laughs> is by all... You know what? Okay, that's fair. That's... Even a 2.9 is not a horrible... It's rate. average. It's still, it's still above it's 50%. Average. Because 50% would be 2.5. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, in Dre's mind, a D-ish movie. No, uh, C minus Take C minus is getting degrees. Too. Honestly, I was expecting a worse ranking. Uh, like I said, like I said, W Host Cop 2 is a far better movie than a lot of action movies. So yeah, I'm, I'm not getting that, but when you when the pedestal is Beverly Hills Cop 1, <laughs> and then the pedestal is I mean, me personally, Beverly Hills Cop 3. I mean, it's still it's still a good movie. It's just not better than those two movies. No, and yeah, I agree one hundred percent with Dre on that. Where um, I personally am in the train of thought that Beverly Hills Cop is the OG is the number one movie in the franchise, and I won't put down anybody who thinks otherwise. I mean. I like to give Dre shit because that's what we do in the I did not make these rankings podcast network. <laughs> we all tease each other and bust each other's balls over stuff. And it's even more fun when Dre and Harvey get going over their feelings on new school and old school shit. Oh, yes. So fun fact coming up. Hopefully, in the semi near future, Dre and Harvey will still be debating the merits of Get Out versus The Exorcist. Exorcist. As well, 
And I am interested as fuck to see how that plays out because I personally love both movies and I can see valid arguments for both being considered better than the other. So I'm going to be a neutral party. I'm going to let Amanda be the judge and then we will let the listeners help determine who wins that debate as well. So stay tuned for that. But um, as far as I go, I would probably say I will go a little bit higher than both. And I won't go five out of five for Beverly Hills Cop. Um, I don't think it's 100% perfection. I think there's flaws in the movie as there mm-hmm. is every other movie that's five out of five is for me is always going to be something that is hard to attain and I tried to set that out from the word go with this show that I wouldn't give anything a five out of five unless I truly felt in my soul it deserved the five out of five and I don't remember if I have given a five out of five yet if I have it may have been to the green mile but Dre knows how much I love that movie anyway, so. You do. You love that movie. I do love that movie. <laughs> The fact that it lost to Stand By Me in the Stephen King tournament that we did back in September, I'm not going to lie. It hurt my soul. But and, the same hurt, from, it might hurt your soul even more, and I don't think I've seen it. I'm really I'm trying not. to think. I don't I'm, think I've seen it, but now I kind of want to. It, it, it's a good movie. It's not necessarily for everybody. Um, and, and, and lost in the 90s bracket of mine, of mine as well. But, but, first of all, I do get my rankings from, from movies from Rotten Tomatoes only because it's easier to do. However, though, I like doing that because if people don't like the rankings, they can blame Rotten Tomatoes. However, uh, <laughs> they did they did have they had, they had the Green Mile rank like 98 or some shit like that. And it went up. It went. It went up against another Stephen King movie, and it went up against uh, um, what's his face? Uh, the other Joe movie, um, Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah. Well. Okay. So we talked about it on the Shining episode that Amanda and I recorded last night. Mm-hmm. By the time this airs last week for those of you who listen but um meg and kelly both have been followers of the show for a long time and they've been on the show a couple of times and um they asked because i think when the final four championship episodes dropped they were in the middle of book touring for their latest book that just came out back in september so I don't fault them for that, but they asked what the final four was. And I told them, you know, it was the Rob Reiner side of the bracket basically versus the Frank Darabont side of the bracket. So Dre was there for this episode. So he knows, but Mm -hmm. um, we basically had stand by me versus misery in the final four. And then the green mile versus Shawshank redemption in the other half of the bracket stand by me beat misery with pissed Amanda off <laughs> big time I can see that honestly <laughs> so, 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 so God of Truth 
every time I hear misery, my ankle hurts. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, though, I do think misery is a better movie than Stand By Me. It's just, just me, me personally. Me personally, I do think that misery was a better movie. Well, again, that's one of those things where, like, Amanda, I think where Amanda's frustration came from was because um, a lot of the, well, not a lot. I mean, it's basically the whole final four was the, for lack of a better term, humanistic movies, mm-hmm. Stephen King, and they weren't necessarily the horror slash, you know, typical Stephen King movie where she figured you were going to have your carries and your it and things like that, that were going to be at the end of the tournament. And it wasn't, and it ended up coming down to stand by me versus the green mile in the final. I got my vote. Amanda got her vote. Harvey got his vote. And at the end of the day, we didn't need a tiebreaker, but damn it. If we had, because Dre promised he was going to vote for the green mile. But Stand By Me (laughs) Stand By Me ended up winning the greatest Stephen King movie of all time tournament. So and I'm not gonna argue with it. Stand by me is a great movie. Not everybody's gonna agree with me on that one. But I mean it's it's a classic. I mean, but again, I thought there was so many as far as Stephen King and not not even Stephen King's horror stuff, just as far as Stephen King, there's a lot of movies that I think that's better than Stand By Me. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if Green Mile would have won. I didn't, wouldn't mind if Shawshank would have won. Especially Shawshank. Okay, that's not him. That's not there, here nor there. I might crush your soul to Dre. I've never also saw never Shawshank. seen Shawshank. So, I, I, I know it's something I need to see because people have bugged me for many, many years. And I will put it, I'll start to put it on and then I, I get distracted. But it's it's on my so, list because I know I know so, it's a concept. So so, so God is truth, and I'm I'm gonna be honest as well. Um, doing these rank like these ranking shows and these bracket shows and all that kind of good stuff, all the movies that I've said I watched before, now I'm watching now. <laughs> and Shawshank and and the Green Mile, I've only watched for the first time in the last five six years. So I think so, well, that's yeah, yeah. I agree. I think there's a lot like with you. Um, there's a lot of movies that have come up that I haven't seen, but kind of push me to see them because I know that they are something that is usually a classic or, you know, along those lines. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. In quotations. I but you like know that are really good that I should see. To propose an episode idea because it has not yet been done on an evening at the movies. I would like to officially say that Amanda will be back for this episode because if she's not, she's fired. Oh, just Amanda. Kidding. Amanda's not ever going to be fired from an evening at the movies. No. <laughs> we love Amanda. And does. We just like to give her shit for everything in the world because she deserves it. So why not? I, I will bring Amanda back for this episode. I would like to have Dre back for this episode. Mm. And I would also like to assign Vanessa homework. Yay! To go watch Shawshank Redemption. Oh, that's on my list. Yep. And down the road, I it doesn't have to be immediately, so don't feel like you're rushed into doing it. But watch Shawshank Redemption, and once you're done doing that, 
let's sit down and pick a day when all of us can get back together and we can all discuss our thoughts and feelings on that movie if everybody is in agreement with that you know what that it's honestly probably going to happen today because i am having a wine day so that means vanessa is not going anywhere and sitting her ass on the couch watching white, movie white wine or red wine red <laughs> i am not a red fan wine. Of wine. there are some so 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 god of truth and people don't people don't, don't when they see me they, they, they don't think i am but i am a moscato connoisseur i love, I love moscato i love i love moscato right i love i wouldn't have expected moscato. it either but i'm yes. a moscato connoisseur <laughs> i have have like seven or eight different bottles of my favorite moscatoes downstairs and what I'm, is your I'm, favorite I'm, moscato uh it's just so i, I don't know i don't know the name of it but just one uh i tasted in seaside oregon one day, and I asked him what the first drive away outside of Portland to go get it. It started with an S. Ah. <laughs> it's on French name. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on French name. It's, it's so goddamn good. Jesus, oh my God, it's so delicious. Oh, I and, agree. Okay. I do. Yeah, I was going to say, if I have white wine, it has to be Moscato. Moscato mm -hmm. Because Moscato is my shit. I, if I get wine for anyone, it's always Moscato. Mm -hmm. Because... I mean, I'm pretty, with my red wine, I have my brand that's Apothic Red all the way. Mm -hmm. um, but white wine, it's it's going to be some form of Moscato. You can't go wrong with that. Cannot. It's so delicious. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say this as well, with the fact that Vanessa loves wine as much as she does. Um, I'm going to make Amanda have to listen to this episode now. And mm -hmm. oh, I freaking love wine. We are... I'm not an official co-host on the SIP list, but I'm basically on the SIP list as much as a freaking co-host could be. So <laughs> I will do the honor of extending an invitation to Vanessa to come on the SIP list with Amanda and myself and whoever else and do a top five list of all the things that we choose for that episode as well. So the top, 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 well, I top, was, I was top five wines. Oh my God! That's that, dream. That was loud. That is. I'm I know. Loud. I just saw you pull with your headphones. <laughs> I. am not going to lie. Wine. For those of you who don't understand, I literally, as inappropriate as this is going to sound, I think Vanessa just had a screaming orgasm. <laughs> uh, very, you know, and it goes along perfectly with the adult content. <laughs> so, so, I officially, because. Uh, uh, what what is it? Um, the thirteenth, uh, December thirteenth. Vanessa, if you are not busy on December thirteenth, five p.m. PT. I'm not sure what that is. Six four uh, o'clock for me. Four o'clock for you. Yeah. All right. So five p.m. PT. Four p.m. Whatever Canadian time is, uh, and <laughs> we. I, I like just to, wrote it on my calendar because yeah. it's open. <laughs> I would like to invite you on the drafts episodes because Harvey not oh, gonna be yeah. here. Harvey's not gonna be here. He's gonna be here being Jamaica. Uh, ooh, and ooh, 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 ooh. I'm excited for that because Harvey said he might do something that he hasn't done in his lifetime, and I'm excited to know if he does it. Oh, okay. Well, 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 he's going to Jamaica, so I'm not so sure what the, the, that's it. Not. But we talked we talked about it last week on the episode because. Kendra made reference to the fact that she was already three edibles into her evening. Oh, that. What well, is he going to do? 
Well, we 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 we, we want to say this because he said. Okay, he maybe I should go listen to the episode then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he 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 doesn't partake in some things, and we don't want him to get him in trouble or anything. So we, we okay. keep, keep, keep like that. Oh, however, that would be fantastic. However, I would like to invite you on as the fifth for our draft. Um, I could tell you that one Casey, Casey won one of the drafts this week, so he could he got the pick. Uh, the top one of the topics is eighties comedies. So, so if you nice. pick before me and pick Beverly Hills Cop, we're gonna have a freaking problem. <laughs> so it is so it is comedies, and then we just wait for Amanda. Amanda went to the other draft as well. So so yeah. So I I would love to have you on as well on on yes, the of course my schedule on, is open that day is, on the thirteenth is yes. not called for so okay. I just wrote you down. Actually, Dre, I was actually gonna bring that up to you after we got done because I actually thought she would be a perfect person to have on as a yeah. guest for one of our draft episodes as well. A hundred percent. So, yeah. I like the idea of bringing in people like, well, whoever wants to come in and do draft episodes. Yes, I personally, and I truly believe the rest of the network is of the same opinion, but we like the idea of having fresh faces coming in and it's not always say people I th- I, yeah I, I like that idea regardless like even for like my own stuff and I like I think switching it up and having different people come on is always a good idea for anyone's podcast I think even the group on Facebook the need a guest and be a guest type deal I think that's always a good idea to reach out mm-hmm. and get a different audience different viewers you know that kind of thing and that well, is the true basis behind the I did not make these rankings podcast network. <laughs> wow, we do have. Our- oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. And Vanessa, you and I are doing 2000s movies. On Sunday. On Sunday. Yes, we are. Yeah. So, how about that? We now I haven't. Yep. I'm going to be so fucking. I got it right there. <laughs> what time are you guys doing that? Because. 4 p 4 p.m. Uh, PT. 3 p.m. for uh, me. 3 p.m. Whatever can Canadian time is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mountain time. <laughs> okay, mountain time. <laughs> so, I will definitely be making sure that Amanda's birthday episode is well recorded and ready to go before that, so I can listen to that episode as well. Because yeah, yeah, I love doing the one on ones. The one on ones are are fun fun as hell hell yeah Yeah. so no i'm excited because 2000s movies that when you gave me the list i'm like that's the one that i'm like most excited like i i'm good for a lot of things i know a lot of different shit but like 2000s movies like i am still in that era (laughs) Did, did i give you the 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 whole bracket no Oh, sorry. But I know I'm, all of that. them. You have uh, not. Uh, all right, so I'm, I'm going to do that now. I'm going to sing the whole bracket because I, I thought I did. Sorry about that. No. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's okay because I'm like, I'm excited. I know all of them. I still watch all of them. That is still my favorite shit. Well, I'm not going to lie. I like all movies, so I don't care if it's yeah. the 80s, 2000s. I would, say, I would say my number one favorite isn't even a 2000s movie, and that's Ghost. With, oh, like, Demi Moore. And, yeah. Man. That was his favorite. 
that Dre, is it's Dre's all about this my number one not even a whole week i mean he sang to emily on m cube the other night he mm-hmm. sang on and i can't sing for shit episode. and i can't sing for for shit so oh me either but i don't mind saying uh, that's listening. why i think shit like um I believe in a thing called love by Oh my god. Me and my friend Reese do that song all the time for karaoke. Yes! Bohemian Rhapsody. We just kill it. Yeah! Oh, I'm excited. I love that. So, with that said, um, not to cut everybody off, but yes, well, um, I just want to give Vanessa another chance to plug her stuff and let us know where we can find her on the interwebs. So, yeah. Vanessa, uh, yeah, I'm on my personal stuff is on all the social medias. <laughs> what did you, did you smack your knee? Yeah, I did just smack my knee on the table because it's one of those things <laughs> on the side and it's not a big table. So nice. literally I went to turn myself in the chair so I was comfortable and hit my knee on one of the stupid wings. I saw it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, my personal stuff is on all the social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Everything is under Vanessa X, Vanessa Rain. And my podcast is obviously on Spotify, Instagram, T- uh, now TikTok and the YouTube, so and that's YouTube. fun. Yeah, gonna be doing some shit with that. Ashley and I are planning on doing some dancing TikToks because we look stupid as shit being thirty plus years old trying to learn these like sixteen year old dances. So that's fun. Can't wait for her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're on. All the social media says 30 flirty podcast and yeah all the places and heel dre what do you got going on and where can we be found on the interwebs as well so depending on when this comes out first things first my name is deandre robertson and again as always thank you casey for having me on vanessa Anytime. a couple of days from now you'll be on and then you'll be on for the draft as well Welcome to our little family, the podcast family. All right. Uh, second, um, we are still doing, again, don't know when it's going to drop. I'm not going to lie to you. Sorry, Casey. But uh, we are I still doing. I will have that date here in a second after you're done. So well, as, as of right now, when we record it, we're still doing the Christmas movies. And we are, and I am doing round two of the movies right now. And we have Home Alone 2 versus It's a Wonderful Life, The Muppets Christmas Carol versus Die Hard, Lethal Weapon versus A Christmas Carol 1951, Dr. Halls versus Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Nothing Like the Holidays versus National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Miss Miracle versus Home Alone 1, Frosty the Snowman versus A Christmas Story, uh, Spirited versus a Miracle on 34th Street, the Santa Claus 2 versus Elf, and then we got a lot more waiting to see who they're going to play. So if you are voting uh, through Casey or through whoever, thank you so much for voting because there's a lot of people who are voting way more than any other bracket we have. And so that's, that's, that's great as well. 
That's because um, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. I don't, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I've been I don't, waiting to say that. It's not. I, I, I know that's extremely controversial. And I don't I recognize. Say, yes, it is. But no. I, I don't recognize. It's blasphemy. not the typical Christmas movie. I don't rec recognize blasphemy like that. So. All right. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh, because, again, I ask people, what defines a Christmas movie? And, and okay, Christmas I get that it, it, the whole scene, the mm -hmm. whole thing is revolving around Christmas. But I, I get that. But mm -hmm. it's not a typical Christmas movie. You think Christmas movie, it's family, it's fun. There's no fucking... <laughs> <laughs> so my, my, my question to you is, if, if that's not a typical Christmas movie, is Bad Santa... A Christmas yes, movie. yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Before we go too far down this tangent, I also but... want to chime in with the fact that it has been thrown out there on the social media that um, Lethal Weapon, the movie, is no. Is... Okay, is... Hold, hold on. I'm going somewhere with this statement because I'm not going to bring up this person's name because. First of all, this person has... I'm going to have to go find it. <laughs> a very uneducated opinion on this subject matter. But he stated, and I quote, the Lethal Weapon TV series... Can we get on with this? <laughs> is not... Or he said the TV series is better than the Lethal Weapon movie franchise. No, no, no. Hell no, not while I'm living, not even when I'm dead. Lethal Weapon yeah, I'm, is, yeah, the I'm gonna, are incredible. Yeah. And they are not worse than the TV show. So. Okay. Well, there you go. And <laughs> you, can finish, <laughs> you can finish your wrap up. Yeah, my name is Gandhi Robson. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> All right. So, really quick. <laughs> I am Casey. This is an evening at the movies. I want to thank everybody for being here each and every week because you guys are the reason why I keep recording this episode. Stay tuned for what is coming up next on an evening at the movies. And we hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good day, guys. Thank you.